to the Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith, and today we are talking about Luke chapter 5. My guest today is listener engagement brand manager, Carissa Rogers, and we get to serve on a bunch of different areas together for Faith Radio. And so I'm so glad you're here, Carissa. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. So let's just dive right in. As is with the case with most of the chapters, there's seems like there's always a lot going on. Yes. <laughs> There is a lot in this chapter, and there's so many good takeaways, so where do we even start? Yeah, maybe at the beginning. Let's okay. just start at the beginning. Sure. Have you seen The Chosen? I have not, but it's on my list. There, the depiction of this is really cool. Of, of the, the disciples come in, and they've been fishing all day, haven't caught fish, and then Jesus tells them one more time, throw your nets over, and they're like, listen, we've been fishing all day. But then they do it, and they get this whole big... It's it's really you'll you'll understand what I mean. That's amazing, and there are vid- uh, videos in the U version Bible app too. Um, underneath, there is some videos that you can watch, and I did see a depiction of it. But I bet the chosen is really good, so I will look into that. Cool. I mean, I, but I can't imagine what that must have been like when they're like, "We've done, you know, we're fishermen. This is our job. This is what we do. We've been doing it all day and haven't been successful." And then Jesus says, "I'll oh, just try it one more time." And Jesus is a carpenter, and to right. <laughs> humble yourself to know, okay, I I know my craft. This is what God's called me to do. But Jesus steps on the scene, and he provides this miracle mm-hmm. for these men. And Simon Peter literally falls to his face when it happens. And so it's just, uh, it's an amazing miracle to be a part of. And so I... <laughs> it's yes, hard to imagine what it would have been like. Right. Well, let's head to the, so if you're following along in the study guide, we're just going to look at a few of the questions there. In that first question, when after Jesus healed the man with leprosy, why do you think he sent him to see the priest? Well, initially, when I read the text, I thought, okay, he's sending him to the priest. And so maybe that just means he didn't want him to go tell the world about the miracle. And initially I thought, okay, he has leprosy, so it's visible on his skin. So maybe he didn't have to say a word. Maybe he just walked around and he just, the miracle is known because of who this man was known to be. Mm-hmm. And um, so I thought that that stood out to me initially. But then I actually was reading, studying the word. I have a commentary Bible. And in there it talks about how the lepers had to go to a priest because they're the ones who deem it official or unofficial, depending on, mm-hmm. you know. So the lepers had to go to the priest and then they had to sacrifice um, a number of things. And it's really interesting if you read it in Leviticus what those sacrifices are. It makes a a whole lot of sense why Jesus would follow the moral law at the time. Mm -hmm. You had to follow the law, and he was sending him to the priest because that's what they did back then. Well, and it it almost feels, too, like Jesus offering a handout again to the Jews for them to say, "See, see what I've done, you know, see who I am. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What else kind of stuck out to you in this chapter? I think the faith of the leper... Absolutely. Just knowing Jesus was in in the room or in the space, he just knew what he could do for him. Mm-hmm. And he had the faith to say, can you make me clean if it's your will? And I think that's powerful in and of itself to just, you know, to ask and to earnestly have the faith to know that Jesus could do that for him. And Jesus says, yes, it is my will. Absolutely, I'm going to do that. Which is 
Even the way that he posed the question, asking for what he wanted and submitting still even to Jesus as well, because Jesus may have said no. I mean, there are other times where he heals the man at the pool at Bethesda, but what happens to everybody else? And so it could raise that question of, like, why does he heal some and not others? But this man is asking for healing and saying, still submitting to Jesus as well, even within that. Yes. Yeah. So surrender is a huge part of it, too. Yeah. Surrender to whatever the will of Jesus is, but knowing that he's the only one that can do the healing. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, this leper could have tried everything else in his own strength and his own power to be healed, but to know that, no, it's Jesus. He's the only one. And he knew that. I, like you said, leprosy was so obvious. So it was literally written all over him that he was sick. And... And what that meant for him in society, that he had he was unclean, so he had to be separate. And then to not only for Jesus to heal them, but there's also, a, you know, maybe it's the restoration. Maybe that's why he's sent to the priest, because that restores him into society. Yeah. Yeah. Because once the, the priest declares him clean, and then then the word goes out from there, I imagine, to the crowds that, you know, this leper is now clean and you can be around him again. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why Jesus sent him there. Yeah, the restoration mm-hmm. piece of it. And then later in this chapter, we see that Matthew invites Jesus to dinner with tax collectors and the Pharisees question the disciples about it. And Jesus says, those who are well do not need a physician, but those who are sick do. I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And so the question we're asking is, do you see yourself more as the the tax collector, the one that's sick, that needs healing, or the one of the, the Pharisee? I see myself as more of a tax collector because I know he came for me, and um, I know what he's saved me from in my life, and that I... I have a tendency to lean. I guess I could consider myself sometimes a Pharisee, too, where I'm uh, envious or jealous of something that's going on in someone else's life. But I'm quick to be reminded that, no, I'm I'm a sinner. He came for me. He's saved me. And that's who he came for. Because if I didn't need Jesus, he wouldn't need to come for me. If I was so righteous on in my own strength and my own being that he, I didn't need a savior, but I do. And I think we all do. Yeah, we do. If I'm being honest, I'm probably more like the Pharisees than I would <laughs> want to admit. Where just that, you know, the way that we see them, you know, this is, and this is so much my personality too, like this is the way. And so this is what we're supposed to do. So I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. But, but what Jesus keeps getting back to is the heart of things like where is your heart even with this you know where is your heart sick where does your heart need to be healed Mm -hmm. and I think I find myself falling into pride more than I want to or self-righteousness so where we see Luke going on and on about the Pharisees and you know seems to have something specific to say about them and they were the ones in the church you know they were the ones that were trying to keep the law and Mm -hmm. had kind of the rule followers. Yes. And made rules to follow, you know, it wasn't just the law. It was all these things that they had added to it as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's easy to do to 
feel like, oh, well, in order for me to do this, then I have to do this, 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 and this. Yes. And worry more about what I'm doing than about how I'm being. Ooh, sorry. Just really preaching to myself right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. Your heart needed to hear it. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the spirit's with us. But I, I think it's easy to to get into that cycle of doing mm-hmm. and and doing the right thing versus letting that flow out of our relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus. And if you do the right thing so others can see it versus the posture of your heart and doing it, having the right heart motivation, that's a huge conviction for me too. And and doing the right thing even when nobody else is watching. Yes. Even though it's hard and mm-hmm. maybe it doesn't feel good, but to still do the right thing because you want to honor God in all that you're doing. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Well, I'm preaching to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else in this chapter that stuck out to you? I love the story of the man in the mat, the paralytic. Mm. I just love it. It stood. It stands out to me that his friends went through the crowd. They went through the roof, literally, and dropped the paralytic, to Jesus' feet. And it just really stood out to me because I want friends like that in my life. And I think everybody in that room knows that Jesus is the one that provides the healing. And so to get there, how whichever way it takes to get there, to get in front of Jesus' feet. And I think that I can relate to the man, the paralytic, because I've been paralyzed by my past in a lot of different ways, and more so it's a mindset than a physical ailment, Mm -hmm. but to be paralyzed in in your past, but to know that Jesus has the answer, and all I need to do is bring that thing, whatever it is, in front of him, and a miracle can happen for me too. I think that's profound. And when we're not strong enough to bring ourselves, to have other people who will leverage their strength Mm -hmm. to be able to, to bring you to Jesus, whether it's praying for you or actually being physically with you. Yes, I think of my pastor as one of those people, a therapist that I've been seeing for a while, my husband, mm-hmm. my godly friends. There's a lot of people that can carry us when we need to. And I also recognize that Jesus honors those who have faith and those who who step up and say, you know, we're we we acknowledge you, Jesus. We want to get in front of you. So I think of uh, this story in particular, but also the woman with the bleeding issue mm-hmm. who reaches out and touches his garment. He said, who touched me? He knows her faith healed her of right. her issue. And the uh, Zacchaeus who climbed the sycamore tree and he wanted to get, he wanted to see Jesus and Jesus acknowledged him and his faith. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's just a lot of ways that I can apply that to my life. And it helps me to evaluate, okay, where do I need to step out in faith and receive the healing that Jesus has for me? And what I love about all three stories that you mentioned is that there's, there is that, that turning and recognizing of not only the restoration and the healing that happened to them physically, but the restoration that happens to them. Well, Zacchaeus wasn't wasn't physically sick, but that there's this acknowledgement, there's a turn and an acknowledgement, Zacchaeus, I'm going to come eat with you. Who are you? Who touched me? I felt the power go out from me. And yep. he, I think he calls her daughter of Abraham or he calls her out and, you know, speaks over her who she really is. Yes. And then heals this man and 
Yeah. I love that. I love the way that he not only heals, but restores as well. Yes. Fully. Restores their identity and mm-hmm. reveals their true identity. And a, they're all, the stories are tax collectors and sinners and those people that a lot of people didn't want to associate themselves with. Mm-hmm. And that's who I identify with. And so to have Jesus stand up for those people and be an advocate for them and to to flip things on its head and just say, no, I'm going to touch the leper with my hand. I'm going to heal him. I'm going to acknowledge women who are, you know, outcasts of society. Mm-hmm. And restore them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Carissa. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I love God. Time. I love God's word. Thank you. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us for talking about Luke chapter 5. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And we'll see you next time for Luke chapter 6. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at myfaithradio.com.